Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCready, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCready. We continue today with our series of conversations on who is this woman. We're talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, and she is a woman of grace and strength and dignity. She is the church. She is the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. And she is going to be functioning in grace for her God-given tasks. She is going to be ready to meet this hour of history if we will lean into Him and live as who we are. To Him, receiving everything that He has for us in this deep maturing oneness. Take a listen today. I hope it encourages you to go deeper with Him and possibly to connect more with me. All right, my friends, let's hop right in. Who is this woman? She is in Proverbs 31. I submit to you, this is a flaming picture of the bride of Christ, the church, the one that he is building, the one that he feeds and invigorates with his love, the one who lives in reciprocal jealousy with him, according to James 4, 5. But I want to read to you uh, out of Proverbs 31 from the Amplified Classic. I want to read to you uh, verses 16 and 17 for today and see if we can talk just a little bit about law and grace. This is a woman filled with strength, dignity, grace, and power because of who she is one with. She is one with her husband. She is one with Christ. Yesterday, uh, we talked about uh, that she can't be an angry and loose woman having illicit love affairs with the world. My friends, that's gonna, that will so drain you because you're tapped into a whole other system that's based on performance and deserving. That's what law is. And we are those who are in the grace system, if you will, that we are in the depths of what Christ has done, what he is doing in us, and therefore what he's able to do through us. And there is so much to learn to live in grace. But I love the way it describes how this woman functions in Proverbs 31, 16 and 17 out of the Amplified Classic. It says she considers a new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not courting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. With her savings of time and strength, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. Verse 17, she girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong and firm. Now, this is a woman that is moving in great wisdom. Who is our wisdom? Jesus is our wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. This isn't a wisdom that I come up with on my own. It's a wisdom that's a person. And because in our faith, I've said this many times and I've joked a little bit, is we live in Whoville, all right? Is that everything about our faith is a who. 
When Paul cried out at the end of Romans 7, he didn't say, what will deliver me from this body of death? He said, who will deliver me? And then he said, it will be Jesus Christ himself. Everything in our faith is a who. Love is a person. Power is a person. Everything about our faith is the person of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, the Godhead. They are everything to us. And this wisdom that comes to this woman is Christ himself. And by wisdom, she is considering things before she commits to them. She is not, she is not attempting to be superwoman, right? She is attempting, if you will, to be the woman that she is to him. And wisdom flows from him in her abiding, and that wisdom comes into her. And so, therefore, she only expands wisely and prudently, and she doesn't neglect her present duties by assuming other duties. And because she's so smart, the savings of time and strength, which is that she's not out there wasting her time and strength, the grace and ability of God... She's not wasting it on things that she's not called to do because she's not courting neglect of present duties by assuming other duties. She stays very focused and she saves a lot of time and energy that way. I was taught by my mentors, Nancy, you've got the grace of God to do everything that he has given you to do. Just make sure you're doing only that which he has called you to do. Don't take on trying to do good things. You stay with him in what he has given you to do. And don't take on more than is yours. Don't live under your measure. Don't try to live over your measure. For you have grace for your God-given tasks, that which God has called you to and given you to do in your oneness with him. That's why if you get outside your measure, or if you try to go outside and be more than you're to be, you try to do more, you will begin to have to finally hit the mat and just tap out because you will come to the end of your human strength. But when you live in grace, you will not come to the end uh, of that strength because that strength is him. And he's the one who's supplying the strength. So we want to uh, take note that this church, this bride, she lives in tremendous, tremendous wisdom. She's not trying to be everything to everybody. She is going to be to him who she's meant to be. And then he will tell her about her borders and boundaries and how she will live and function. Now, she girds herself with strength for her God-given task. We can see that Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians. And it might do you well to take a, a glance into 1 Corinthians and be able to see where Paul talks about that he has grace for his God-given task. 1 Corinthians 3, starting about uh, verse... 8, 9, he starts talking about God's garden and God's vineyard, which we just saw that spoken of in Proverbs 31, that she'll have plenty of strength for her vineyard. And 
and uh, she'll be able to bring a cultivation uh, and be able to be planting fruitful vines. So Paul then is talking about this as a great builder of the church. He says in verse 10 in 1 Corinthians 3, according to the grace, the special endowment for my task of God that has been bestowed on me, he says, then I am like a skillful architect and a master builder. All right. He talks about that he has grace for his God-given tasks. Okay. And so we got to recognize that anything that God has called us to, he's given us the ability to do as we are one with him. We don't have anything separate from him. John 15 says that he's the vine, we are the branches, and we can literally do nothing separate from him, but joined to him, we can produce and be fruitful. And we see that again here in this woman the church, the bride of Christ, and she has got all that she needs spiritually, mentally, physically for her God-given task. She lives in an abundance of grace. Now, as I'm speaking about her as a wife, as a bride, as a virtuous woman, I want to make sure that we take a quick look into Romans 7 that says that in verse 4, out of the Amplified Classic, it says, Likewise, my brethren, you have undergone death as to the law through the crucified body of Christ, so that now you may belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. And when you read this and it says, Now that you may belong to another, that word another all right, is capitalized because it's talking about a person. And it says that in verse 6, we were discharged from the law and have terminated all intercourse with it. Now let that sink in. You're no longer one with the law. You don't have any intercourse with the law. You need to stop mixing and mingling and having intercourse with the law because it says you are no longer married to the law. You now serve not under the obedience to an old code of written regulations, but under obedience to the promptings of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, in newness of life. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady. So if you read further in that, and I just want to mention this for the sake of time, mention that... You need to recognize that as the old man, we were married to the law. We were under it, uh, the, the bondage of sin, and we were under that law system. And the law was given to prove to us that we couldn't keep it. The law was never given for you to, to keep it. It was always meant to expose to you that you can't as the sinner, as the old man. So what's it like to be married to Mr. Law? If you read Romans 7, 1 through 7, is number one, he always tells you what to do. Number two, he always shows you where you have failed. Number three, he never lifts a finger to help you. Number four, you can never do enough to please him. Number five, but he himself is always perfect. You see, the law is perfect and good, but as the old shut up in the bondage of sin, 
we were completely incapable of keeping it. So all the law could do uh, was to show us how totally inadequate we are. But that's so that it can lead you to see your need to die as the old so that you can now enter into the new marriage, the new covenant, all right, with Jesus. Because what is it like to be married <laughs> to him? Is that, well, that this new husband that you're married to, well, he certainly does express to us this way of life. Uh, he shows us how he is going to enable us to live as one with him and to be able to live fully uh, in the freedom and grace that he brings to us. Now, he doesn't just lift a finger to help you. He's going to actually enable you by sharing his very life with you. He lets you know that he's already made you pleasing to him because you're now his creation, the new creation. And yes, he himself is perfect, and he says to you, now as I am perfect, you be perfect. And he's made you perfect in spirit. That doesn't mean that you're perfect yet in all behavior. Uh, it means, though, that you have been made one with him, and you are like him. So he says, be holy as I am holy. Be perfect as I am perfect. You be according now to me. Because, you see, this, the, the law did not die, my friends. We died. And we were born again and resurrected as a new creation altogether, now married to another. We are his bride. We are his body. And we must learn to live now in the full-out grace, the full-out ability uh, of our husband who has shared everything with us because we are no longer married to Mr. Law. We are married to Mr. Grace, if you will. We are, because of who we are in Christ, we have completely come out from underneath the law system, and we are now into full and total grace, which is not a cheap covering to excuse our sin. It is the full-out ability to enter into a life of righteousness and truth and love and freedom and liberty and we must take hold of that. We must realize that this woman described in Proverbs 31 is a grace-filled wife, woman, bride, the church, and she is strong. And we'll go on to see that her hands are filled. And when it comes to ministering to others, that she comes with strong hands, with great capacity uh, and ability. She, she comes with hands that are ready and filled. Why? Because of who it is that she is married to. And the way that she lives makes a place for her husband in the city's gates. Have you caught this yet? You see, she is able to open her hands, it says in verse 20, to the poor. She reaches out her filled hands to the needy, whether in body, mind, or spirit. She does not fear the snow for her family, for all of her household are doubly clothed in scarlet. Oh, they are powerfully clothed in the blood of Jesus. 
So I'm going to stop here. There is so much else that it says about this woman. But again, I'm not wanting to speak of it well enough that you get all of it here, but hopefully that it makes you hungry enough to begin to seek it out. Because be you male or female, I pray that you want to live as this woman, live as this church, the church that he is building, the church of his design and making. And he will build her. He will infuse her with himself. And she will live in the full wonder of his love. And there will be a woman of authority who knows who she is. She will know that she is his. And she will walk in great boldness and confidence with filled hands in this hour of history. And she and her husband, Christ himself, will function in the gates of authority, in the governmental circuits and wheels it talks about, that when it talks about this spindle and she's you know, doing the wool and the flax, all of that, if you study that out, it is uh, giving reference to governmental structures. There are places of authority and influence that Jesus needs to be sitting in those gates because of the wife that he's married to. He wants to put you, men and women, in places of influence, places that will begin to speak and flood into culture so that he begins to be known and to be seen. It's very important how this wife, this woman functions. And I pray that she will be full of grace because of her husband. She'll come out from underneath the law through the death that Christ has arranged for her as the old, and she will step fully into the new and the life of grace with him. So I hope this has encouraged you today. So awake, O sleeper. Awake, O church. Awake, O woman of God. Let's get up and live as who we are. All right. Love you all. Talk to you soon. Bye. If you'd like information on how to book Nancy McCready for an event or speaking engagement, visit nancymccready.com.